Am I right, sir, or am I wrong? The NFL is not playing around with the coaches, the players, or anybody else about the coronavirus. I am all out on Patrick Mahomes' mom being upset about the ESPN announcers calling him Pat instead of Patrick. Generation Z is not as big as sports fans. And what does that mean for the leagues and why they're getting woke? The Proud Boys comment by Donald Trump is going to have NFL owners who contribute to his campaign on the hot seat with their players. And presidential debates, we must employ the thing that we've learned during this quarantine and uh, from the WebEx and Zoom meetings that the mute button is a necessity. And of course, my parting shot. Am I Reister or am I wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Check your feelings at the door before you show up because this is not the place for the left, the right, snowflakes, or social justice warriors. And absolutely no BS lives here because I keep it 100 all the time. Please make sure you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching it on YouTube, thumbs up, give the bell, all of that. Make sure that you're getting alerts. If you want to get a hold of me, shoot me an email, gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com. Make sure that you subscribe, share, and tell a friend. And also, you can listen to me on the Pac-12 Apostles podcast, uh, College Football and Fox Sports Radio Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 8 Eastern Time and weekdays filling in. We will start today, though, with the NFL. The NFL is not playing any games when it comes to the coronavirus because there is so much money at stake. If you haven't heard, there have already been four Titans players and five staffers who have tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, They're at different positions, so it's not just one position group. And also, they played the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, but no Minnesota Vikings players have tested positive yet, which is very interesting to learn because if the players can transmit it to each other on the Titans, how does that work actually for playing football? Because that was like a real, real question. So both of their team facilities have been shut down uh, the Titans for sure can't get in until Saturday. So if they their game has now been postponed till Sunday. But even when they play either on Monday or Tuesday, they probably won't practice. Like that's professional sports. And here is why they're not playing with, with anybody at all. Because they have already fined Pete Carroll of Seattle, uh, Kyle Shanahan, Vic Fangio, John Gruden, already $100,000. Those are the coaches for not wearing face masks throughout the whole game. And they find the teams of the coaches $250,000. So everybody has already been cleared. They give them, gave them a warning in week one. And people then ask, okay, why are coaches required to wear masks when everybody is tested? Okay, that's a legitimate question. So I looked and I found the answers. For number one, there's too much money at stake. The guaranteed money is locked in for the players. They're credited seasons. So the league is already going to be on the hook for a lot of money. So they want to get the games in. 
That's first thing. Number two, it's the agreed upon protocol between the NFL and the NFL Players Association, which then cannot be violated. There are also false positives and false negatives with the testing that we have learned. And so you could test negative and still actually be coronavirus positive, which could be a problem, which could cause games to get canceled, everything else. There is public health regulations in the different cities, which they must follow, which is another big thing. So none of these things are optional. So that's why player, that's why the coaches have to wear the mask and other sideline personnel when they are on the sideline. And uh, the, the part about it being the agreed upon protocol with the players, the reason why that's important is because the players already have tight restrictions on them. So they have the contact tracing, bracelets, proximity, all of that, which they're being monitored. And also, if they catch coronavirus and they have been in groups over 10 people or they've been out at bars or a whole bunch of other regulations, they can receive a $50,000 fine plus conduct detrimental to the league, which then can uh, uh, forfeit their bonuses, forfeit their money, credit, all, all sorts of things. And the league is the, that's why they had to find the coaches so heavily because they're like, yo, this has to stop. And we've already seen with the MLB where their season got pushed up against it and nearly canceled uh, because of what happened with the Cardinals and the Miami Marlins. And then you have a tweet from Adam Schefter today. The NFL sent another memo to teams, their executives, the GMs and head coaches. It said it urged game day compliance with the protocols in terms of wearing masks. And they said, quote, we will address a lack of compliance with accountability measures. Like you don't want anybody telling you who's in charge of you that we're going to have accountability measures because that means severe punishment. It says it may include suspensions and or forfeiture of draft picks. Do you realize how big of a deal that is for you to lose a draft pick because you don't want to wear a mask? Like this is a huge deal because the NFL knows that it cannot afford to get shut down. The Titans-Steelers game, which was uh, scheduled to be an early kickoff game, a 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific kickoff on Sunday, is going to be rescheduled for either Monday or Tuesday. (laughs) So you're either going to have two Monday night games or a Tuesday night NFL game. And right now, like I already told you, there have been no other positive tests in Tennessee so far and Minnesota, their tests from yesterday haven't produced any positives yet, but they will still be doing that. So the NFL isn't playing. They are going to find your ass off if you do not follow the rules because they do not want to shut down the season. There's too much money at stake. Now, Patrick Mahomes' mom, I'm out on her being upset about the ESPN announcers calling him Pat Mahomes instead of Patrick Mahomes. Like, this is a grown-ass man. Like, your mom your mom can't be tweeting saying, oh, I'm going to scream if they call him Pat one more time. Look, man, the, the dudes, people who are named Patrick, people call them Pat. People who are Matthew, they call him Matt. I mean, it just, people who are named Michael, you call him Mike. 
I mean, the only person that's different is one of my best friends, Sammy Parker. His name is not Samuel. It's just Sammy. Just S-S-S-A-M-I-E. That's what it is. It's not Samuel. It's just Sammy. But you can't be mad at that. I mean, like only Patrick Mahomes can demand like where where Michael Vick wanted to be Mike Vick. And then wants to be Michael Vick again. I mean, like a player can ask to be called something else. Like he can he can change his pronouns. He can call himself whatever he wants. But he's got to ask that. Your mom can't do it. But Lewis Riddick, uh, Steve Levy, they didn't have a choice but to acquiesce after it was brought to their attention during the game. Because what do you what are you gonna do in the middle of the game? Say, oh man, forget his mom. We're not paying attention to her. That that'll be a bad look. You'll end up because when, especially when you work for the mouse, you better make sure you are on your P's and Q's and all that. Um, next thing up, Generation Z is not as big of a sports fan as the previous generations. And what does that mean? I believe that part of the reason why sports leagues are becoming increasingly more socially active. And, you know, standing up with their players, aside from their players demanding it, it's because that's what future fans want. Because the get what go broke crowd will tell you, oh, our money matters. We spend money. You're uh, cutting off half of your fan base and this and that. That's not true. It's almost like the 48 laws of power. There's a story in there where the, the two ancient cities are are in the that they are talking about who they're going to side with and and one country appeals to the to Athens about the past. Oh, we have been such great allies. Our forefathers have done all these great things together. Other country appeals to the future. Well, here's what we can do for you next. Here's what the future looks like. The future is brighter with us. Leave the past alone. People side with who who is next up. If the future is brighter, they don't care about what the past did for them. And that's what these leagues are doing. Because America's youth, they're not identifying as sports fans the same way. There was a survey done by uh, Morning Consult. They found that 53% of Generation Z, that's 13 to 23. I have two kids in this age group that... Only 53% of them identify as sports fans. That's down from 69% of millennials and 63% of adults overall. And 39% of those Gen Zers said that they do not watch sports at all. Like, do you realize how big of a deal that is? I mean, I my two kids in there, right? One of them doesn't watch sports. She's a creative. She's in college. She's into all her stuff. But she knows what goes like if something happens in the world of sports, something socially active, then she knows about it. But my 14 year old, he's highlight culture. I ask him, hey, yo, did you see this play from the game? He's like, yeah, I saw it. I'm like, did you see the game? Nope. Because they get it on TikTok. They get it on Instagram, YouTube, all of this. So so they see the highlights. And that's where the leagues have realized that they have to capture that audience because those are the future people who spend money and they also have some control over the parents wallets 
Because if kids want a Kobe jersey, their kid's not going to go out and buy them a Russell Westbrook jersey. They're going to get them the jersey that they want, or they're not going to get a jersey at all. Like, But more than likely, they want it. That's why the same reason why cartoons make way more money than cartoons and superhero movies make way more than rated R movies. Because if a kid wants to go to a movie, that, that's not just one ticket sold. That's a ticket and a parent. At least one parent. And usually families have more than one kid. So now you're looking at four or five tickets compared to one or two when adults go on dates. And the, the Gen Z though, they did outperform adults' interests in three of the 27 sports. That's the NBA, esports, and the UFC. I wonder why that is. That's why when Get Woke Go Broke crowd keeps talking about, oh, NBA ratings, NBA this and that. No, the future generations, the people who are uh, 13 to 23 right now, who still have a stranglehold on their parents' bank accounts and are going to then turn around and be the younger fans who are going to spend the money to show up. Because on the previous podcast, I talked about how the leagues are trying to get younger. That's why they're being more socially active because these younger people are more socially active. And if they don't, they know that they will be left in the dust. Esports are more popular among Generation Z than the MLB, than with NASCAR and the NHL. This is just is what it what it is. Look at the NFL. Uh, Gen Z, 49% are fans versus 59% of adults. The NBA, 47% are fans versus 45% of adults. See, they're winning in that area. 35 versus 19 with esports. MLB, 32 versus 50. And it's widely known that MLB has a youth problem. They have a country club problem. The UFC is flat amongst youth and amongst adults. Their league is set up for the future. So this is part of the reason why the leagues have, quote unquote, gone woke, but they're not going broke because they're making sure that they are positioning themselves for the future. And not just for right now, who those people who are going to end up being taken care of by the people who are taking care of them now. Um, the next thing up yesterday in the presidential debate. Uh, there was a comment that was made that may have a huge impact on the NFL and things that are going on. So President Trump, he uh, Chris Wallace asked him, he said uh, him, Joe Biden and all this stuff, they were going back and forth. Chris Wallace said, are you willing to tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups uh, to say that and condemn militia groups and to say that they need to stand down. Trump said, proud boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, somebody needs to do something about Antifa and the left. And when I heard that, I was like, hold up, hold up. Time out. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? Because he did it mean like stand down, stand by. What does that mean? Because does that mean that you have to be on alert? on alert in case we need you later. I mean, what was it? I mean, because it wasn't a true condemnation. 
which is an issue because that Proud Boys comment is going to have the NFL owners who have contributed money to Trump's campaign on the hot seat with the players because NFL players are like NBA players who are committed to uh, WNBA players, other sports as well, that are committing to end racism and building unity. Not just any rate, building unity amongst their fans and in the community. And that wasn't it. So people were very upset about that. And you have NFL owners like Jerry Jones, Stephen Ross, uh, Robert Kraft, who've donated to Trump in the past. And I have always wondered, I'm like, Trump has threatened the uh, league. He has made disparaging statements about the players, about the owner. I'm sorry, about the commissioner, Roger Goodell, telling people that they shouldn't watch, shouldn't show up in the, in the stands. So I have never understood why these owners who are billionaires running billion dollar businesses, even outside of their regular life. I'm talking about the NFL franchises. Why you would stand behind somebody trying to tank your business like that part has never made sense to me, because if you're trying to take money out of my pocket, I don't rock with you. If you're trying to take money, if you're trying to ruin what I got going on, then I'm not fooling with you. And the players are going to have some say so about this, I, whether it's right or wrong they have now realized that they have much more power than they have exhibited in the past. That the players know, hold up, the owners don't have a choice but to listen because if we're not here, there is no money. There is no team, there is no league. You can try to bring in scab players if you want to, but the public will not resonate with that because it won't be at the highest level. You can put a, a, a uniform on a, on a college kid, but you're not going to get the same results on a second stringer. You could, I mean, on a fourth, fifth stringer, you're not going to get the same results as you do. You don't, there won't be a Patrick Mahomes. There won't be a Lamar Jackson. There won't be a Russell Wilson or Tom Brady. Cause all those guys would be sitting out. That's just the truth. And like, <laughs> so players may be holding these owners to the fire and really dictating how they how they use their political influence and where they donate their dollars because that can impact free agent signings and all kinds of things which players are smart to realize their value and their power uh for the presidential debates we must employ the most valuable thing that we have learned in terms of from Zoom meetings during the pandemic. This is like a double parting shot right here. The first one, we must employ the mute button. So I want to give the, uh, the Commission on Presidential Debates a big hand clap and a high five because they released a statement today that said that they're planning to add new quote unquote tools to maintain order this is in response to the chaos that ensued in the first debate. They said, quote, last month, last night's debate made it clear that additional structure should be added to the format of the remaining two debates to ensure a more orderly discussion of the issues. Ha! They're putting a mute button on. That's what that sounds like to me. And I've seen it on WebEx 
and I like it. I am all in on it. And my second parting shot is about leadership. I'm a person who, I mean, as the, as the man of the house, as a man out in the world, leader amongst friends, um, and people, the thing that I have learned about leadership from watching people see being around good leaders, bad leaders, all of that is, it comes from the top down that you set the culture at the top and it trickles down. So over the past few years, we have seen an, a dramatic increase in the boldness of people, regardless of whether it's left, right, uh, black, white, what, whatever it is. The, they People have been significantly more emboldened to say radical things, to do radical things and all of that more disrespectful just just ugly right and but that starts with leadership because as the leader of my family if i'm coming in cussing everybody out talking to everybody poorly treating treat my wife bad treating the kids wrong calling them ugly stupid fat pocahontas this that whatever right then how are these people going how is my family me my wife five kids how are they going to treat each other when i'm not around they're going to be like, no, this is how we do each other. It'll start with the kids sniping at each other. Then they'll get disrespectful to the older people. Then it'll be chaos in the house. And that's what's happened in our country. I know that a lot of people that they love this new brash style of leadership that we have in the, in the uh, White House right now. But let's take a look at the leadership perspective in general. Is that you wouldn't run your house like that. So why would you want our country run like that? Think about that. Am I Reister or am I wrong? I'm probably Reister, but if not, leave a comment. Make sure you share with a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast. Peace out. Catch you next episode.